The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered. You covered. Twelve. I covered. Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Off and running on a Tuesday. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome in to another episode of the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, the Bostonian. Matt Peralt, the we'll flip around on the Bostonian. He's the book. book. It's Tuesday. Oh, yeah. It's flip it around. Yes. Dave Sherry in the book, Matt brought the Bostonian live. Where are we live? YouTube, Twitter, replayed on Sports Grid TV and Sirius XM channel 159. Not one, but two. So popular yesterday. Two guests coming on. Jessica Wellman here in just one second. She's already here. We're going to get her in here. So much going on in my home state of Massachusetts. Really interesting stuff happening there. And then we'll get to our friend Eli, who's coming on from the lines. He's joining us for college basketball, but. How are you, sir? And why the duck gear today? Ducks are playing the penguins today. Gigantic dogs. You putting the you putting the did you say the malake on them? You trying, trying. to we'll see we'll, we'll see what happens. The ducks are good. I mean, listen, everybody's in search of value, and <laughs> there's good value on the ducks. Look there at is? the records. You know, the penguins are on the West Coast trip. <clears throat> okay. If um if things weren't so busy here back right. in the old days. This would be a, hey, I'm picking you up. We're going. We're having dinner right by Disneyland. We're going to the Ducks game to see the Penguins tonight, and then we'll be back in the morning. But Tickets aren't hard to get, thankfully. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Like, this is not like going to the Knights games. No. You know, scooping up some tickets in Anaheim is very possible. But um, that was a different life. How about the Bruins? Huh? Huh? We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. Told you about that. We told did you say that. the score would be 3-2 and the game would go under. Second goal should never have counted. That's a complete garbage Counted. Call. Garbage call. High stick over the bar. What are we doing? Second goal should never have counted. That was garbage. 30 seconds left, though. It didn't matter. Bruins are up 3-1 for most of the game. They Big win. They win. They win. The they show win. is good value. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe <laughs> button. I did not look at the total yesterday. How many likes did we end up with yesterday on didn't the show, look. on the YouTube, at symbol, Boston. Get the chat. I know we were about 20 short when we left off the air. So there's a shot that we got there on the replay. Okay. All right. So I I think there was a chance that we got on there, but at Boston versus the book on Twitter at Boston versus the book on YouTube to go check it out. You guys get the like button. We did have somebody who wanted me to say this publicly. Is it that he watches the show on replay every single night? Thank you. He's from the South Shore in Massachusetts. Awesome. He, he, he said that he is in from the, he lives in the armpit of Massachusetts, which is basically, if you know how the Cape is, he says he lives in the armpit, which is just off the Cape, <laughs> just off Cape Cod. They right say on, that there or he, he said that, that was, he said that. his okay. description okay. of where he is located is basically he is, I'm in the armpit of the state. Not like talking about the nastiness of the state, like geographically speaking, in the state of Massachusetts. But he wanted to say that for every roll call Friday, he goes, put me down for an extra person in mass every roll call Friday because I'm here every day. 
I said, okay, I'll give you a shout out. Absolutely. Right at the top. To this guy a hat. That's outstanding news yeah. right there. The armpit guy. I don't want to call him the armpit guy. <laughs> Patty Lopez just came in the chat yeah. and said, what's up, David, Matt? Can't wait for my San Jose Sharks to win their first game of the season. Dude, if you're rolling with it, it's you. I get it. We'll get into it later. I mean, I Pat. The, book, the books clearly the books are go, the books are agreeing with them. I mean, how is that game plus money on the puck line? It's one of the craziest. It's like last night with the Bruins. How the hell were the Bruins dogs last night? Uh, how the hell is it plus 120 on the puck line for the Flyers tonight? Well, Patty, thank you for being here and stay strong being a Sharks fan because it's going to be a long season. This week, it's going to be a long week. See the week they've got? No. Nope. They, they got a rough Philly week. tonight, then what? They got a rough week. Philly at home, then they play a back-to-back on Thursday and Friday. <laughs> like, they got... This is not a good week for the Sharks. This is this is going to be tough. If they get beat tonight, they're not going to win probably till next week. If they win <laughs> next well, week, well, we got to have the wrenches like Addison and Mikey Awesome and Sonic. Welcome, Patty, to yeah. the BVB Brigade. Thank you, Patty, for being here. We got a lot to talk about, and there's a lot going on all over. College basketball started yesterday. We got Eli, yep. you know, coming on to talk about that, but. Did you see this Massachusetts gaming hearing this morning? Well, let's get to it because uh, Jessica Wellman of SBC America has been phenomenally covering this, and it's been super fun to, to have her put take her in on the this. big box. Hold on, I'm doing it. I'm just moving everybody around. That's how we got to set it up and get it all okay. to how, how it works. Jessica, okay. Matt, and Dave, welcome to BVB. Thank you for doing this. How are you this morning? Uh oh, are you Wait. muted? Wait, I am. I survived the meeting. There we go. <laughs> how are you? Oh, man. You know, I'm frantically writing up this ESPN stuff that I took a break to talk with you guys about. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, for those people who are not in the meeting or monitoring the meeting, what was it today? And Dave's got a ton of questions as to how the Mass Gaming Control Board is, how they're handling this. But overall, what went on today with ESPN going in front of the Mass uh, Gaming Control Board? So I think to me, so this wasn't like a licensing hearing or anything, basically MGC Massachusetts gaming commission kind of asked, can we get a little more information about what Penn's relationship with ESPN is going to be in particular? They wanted to know about college game day, because as we might recall, the barstool college sports book or college football show got in a fair amount of trouble with mm -hmm. Ohio and some regulators for promoting betting on this show that traveled around to college campuses. So what we do know about college game day is nobody on stage, not Pat, not Herbie, none of those guys are going to do anything related to ESPN bet within the show while they're on campuses. Uh, there will be no on-site activations revolving around ESPN bet, no signs about ESPN bet, but oh. during the broadcast, they may record something in advance that's some sort of promotion related to ESPN bet. Mm. You may see an ad because the rule in Massachusetts is the audience has to be 75% or greater 21 plus. They have that for TV. They don't have that for when you're like surrounded by people from Boston <laughs> College or whatever right. with their signs and stuff. So that's kind of, they came in with a game plan, which I think, was very different from when Barstool came in. And it was only after they asked about this show that they started to be like, oh, yeah, we see what you mean. That's kind of a problem. Um, but it seems like, and I, I think this is where Dave is going to have questions, 
seems like even though they came in with such a big good game plan that the MGC wasn't super thrilled and still had lots of questions. Well, one of the main questions, and thank you for coming on the show on such short notice, but no, no I was problem. riveted to your Twitter feed today. Tell the people what your Twitter handle is or X or whatever we're calling it now, because you had me waiting for your next tweet. <laughs> Every I was laying down going, wait, is, what are they saying next? Oh, what yeah, next? I got what quiet for a while because they were talking about the same thing. I'm sorry I left you hanging. I am. At Jess Wellman on Twitter, J-E-S-S-W-E-L-M-A-N. I kind of tell people I watch the boring meetings so you don't have to. And you That's did an kind unbelievable of my Twitter job. persona. That was outstanding work today. Now, my question is this, because I worked in books here in Vegas for like 17 years. And there seems to be a little bit of a gray area about, I mean, they go on game day, they go on now. There's picks every day they're forcing people that 100 never made a bet in their life but are professional broadcasters to go on and give a same game parlay and they're doing this with all of the different you know shows and things like that but i mean college game day is about college football in the end the last 10 minutes they go on and pick the games against the spread every time which is fine but now they have espn bet and they're booking the bets on that side of it, although it's a different company. Is that like, is that what Massachusetts is ultimately asking about? A little bit. Yes. So this is where it gets a little weird. There's a regulation in Massachusetts that essentially says if you are the operator and a licensed affiliate, a marketing affiliate, that you are technically not allowed to tell anybody to place a specific bet you cannot tell them you need to go out and you need to bet on this. Uh, they have to date been fairly lenient in how that was happening. You know, I used an example of I was like Massachusetts's other golden boy, uh, Simmons, like Bill, Bill Simmons. Simmons has a same game parlay that is the Bill Simmons same game parlay on FanDuel. And they have said that that's I mean, they haven't objected to it. They haven't objected to Matthew Barry being on NBC Sunday Night Football, giving his DraftKings picks. They haven't objected to any of this. Could they technically? That's a little more up for debate. And I think some of the conversation wow. today was where does that line get drawn? Uh, Todd Grossman, who is the interim executive director, he basically runs the actual operations of MGC. And then you have like the five commissioners that vote on the important stuff. He said, you know, currently our stance has been that if at the end of, you know, NFL Sunday game day on ESPN, the guys give their picks against the spread, that doesn't really feel as the same way as saying like, you, Dave and Matt must go and you must bet at least a hundred dollars on this market because it's that good. Um, Mm. But the commissioners now are like, it's one thing when there's DraftKings and then there's kind of some space and then there's NBC or there's Bill Simmons and there's some in the ringer and then some space and then there's FanDuel. But ESPN bet and ESPN, where is the space? The and same name. It's the same it's the letters. Same it's well, the, it's you and Commissioner Eileen O'Brien are on the same page that do they need to be treated differently about this particular rule because it's the same name. Justice Penn 
like, let's just say mass comes back and says, Hey, we're not comfortable with this. We're not going to license you in Massachusetts. Does it matter to the company? I mean, that this is now going to be a large brand and it, Look, I love my home state, and Dave and I talk about it all the time. We feel like Massachusetts has done a phenomenal job with asking the hard questions and really not putting up with any of the BS that some other states, like we saw when you know, other states went legal, some of the shenanigans that went on, like Kansas, where it just was basically a free-for-all for lobbyists. But does it matter if Mass says, no, we're not cool with this, ESPN bet you're not operating here in our state? This was a conversation that I was having somewhat off Twitter with people today, which is if you look in Massachusetts, I think Barstool is like fourth, fifth, mm-hmm. I yeah. think out yeah. of like eight operators. They're not doing great. At what point do you just say like, you are just way too high maintenance for me. I'm not going to be in Massachusetts anymore because it's really, <clears throat> I admire Massachusetts that they are willing to ask tough questions. Like you said, they really, take their jobs very seriously. But when you think about the size of Massachusetts and the total amount of people in the U.S. who are betting, it's a very outsized kind of authority that this group of five people is having, that they're basically making demands of how ESPN Bet runs their entire business, which is their, you know, they're able to do that. That's their prerogative as the regulator in Massachusetts. But at what point, I mean, for what, you know, 6% of the Massachusetts market? Is it worth, you know, torpedoing all of your plans for I ESPN? Don't know. I think, but also you have to think about like, and, you know, this is for lawyers and stuff to answer, but they're always setting precedent. If they set this precedent, other states are going to go, wait a second. They said that they did this, and now why are they doing this in this state? This is where this just rushed to open up in a different state, but every state's operating differently, yet the product is the same, gets it all convoluted. That's the hard part about all this. And like we've been doing it a, a certain way in Nevada. The one tweet that really got my attention that you put on there was about how nobody in the risk room for Penn, quote unquote, ESPN bet, We'll talk to anybody that does content. And I was like, hmm, that's actually not how this works a lot of times because they want to know how things happen and work or what the book might need and different things like that. They put these bet percentages out. They have people that put this out all the time with the bet percentages and what the most popular, you know, public sides are, et cetera, et cetera. Is there going to be a line between church and state there, Jess? I misunderstood what you were saying for a moment, but that's a very interesting point, which is that, yes, sports books. I, when I worked for an affiliate was constantly hearing from sports books. Here are betting splits. Here are their things. I think the concern is actually the inverse of this, which is Adam Schefter gets his, you know, latest news text message and he's like, yo, Caesars, you should know I'm about to tweet that what I just found out that Will Levis is the starting quarterback and Ryan Tannehill is not the starting quarterback. That's the big concern. Do I think anybody is ever going to do that? No, but like, I don't think anybody like that Schefter or Wadger, whoever is going to like blow up their careers for something like this. But I think it's smart that Penn is putting things like this into place to say to everyone, even if they wanted to, it's explicitly not allowed. There are measures in place to make sure that this doesn't happen. 
Uh, it's CYA, group- right, though? I mean, a lot of it is just a CYA move to, to say none of our talent is going to talk to the risk room. But if it happens, it happens. You know, I correct. <laughs> but let me give you like, has anybody else thought to do this before? What do you has mean, anybody question? else come out and said, hey, we're going to do this deal with Shams, but you should know this is how it works. And Shams well, yeah, not because Shams, nobody's it, been forthcoming like, this well, no, before, it happened. It happened. It happened with the NBA with Shams with his tweet uh, yeah, with, and then the, they, with the draft after the fact had to be like, Oh, that's not how it works. Blah, blah, blah. At least yeah. they're getting out in front of it before anything happens. Tip your hat to them. Absolutely. They are. That I think is a, like, at least I mean, it's a very low bar to clear, but at least like <laughs> that's something. Cause that's the thing is with Barstool and with all of these other guys, nobody's ever really said how it's set up. And said, like, we yeah, explicitly really, have a rule that you're not allowed to talk to these people. It just seems so, like, obvious, right? But if there's not actually a rule or in the company manual that states our policy is, as a reporter, you will never talk to anybody at Penn or anybody in the risk room, that just seems like a natural thing. But I think it does need to be stated yeah. because as ESPN gets further and further down the line with this, do you think that Mass is happy? Do you think that the license is at all in jeopardy? It's, I mean, we can count the times that a license, I can only think of one time that a license has been revoked in a post-PASPA era, and that's the play-up license in New Jersey. Um, Tennessee, remember that whole brouhaha with 24-7, and they Mm -hmm. were like, you know, didn't have... They had rampant money laundering and things like that, and then like they didn't shut that down. So if if this is all it takes, it would be an unprecedented kind of situation. What I mean, I don't even think it's gonna. There was conversations of they want to see this essentially kind of bible of how ESPN and Penn are going to interrelate. That's internal. That's the request from Massachusetts Gaming Commission. Do they now? Will they abide by that? Will they? Will they give them? They what volunteered they to give it to them. Okay. Um, the okay. question is, how fast can they get it to them? Because okay. um, in theory, they want to rebrand and the launch is set for a week from today, right? So right. I don't even think they're going to delay the launch, but it's one of these oh. things. When you give kind of license approvals, you can put conditions on them, which Correct. is what happened with like pen and barstool is we're going to let you do this, but you have until X day to get, you know, your boxes ticked and things together, or we will have to consider taking it away from you. Or we will fine you, in which case the books just pay the fine because right. it's less expensive than getting a lawyer and, you know, fighting it. They just go, okay, we, we messed up. Here's the money. We're going to keep operating until they push comes a shove and they revoke the license. Now, the question also becomes with the communication and things like this, the leagues at the beginning of all this PASPA stuff talked about the integrity of the game and these integrity fees and whether or not it is nefarious, sneaky, moves being made. The perception of it, in their own language, is bad. And now you're going to, I mean, are there too many sports betting commercials now on television and on radio? Because I think so, but I'm not the audience. Do you think so as someone in this space? Oh, I don't. Let me answer this two different ways. I know for a fact that we've actually not done any real substantive research on this that shows like because there are too many advertisements, we've seen an uptick in problem gambling or underage gambling. Like nobody's done that work. 
Do I find it overwhelming and annoying and counterproductive? Yes. I live in Kentucky. We just launched. Oh, so, you onslaught of it. Oh, uh, my goodness. I will tell you, the podcasts I listen to are not sports podcasts. They're about the housewives. <laughs> I listen to a podcast re-going over old episodes of Dance Moms. And okay. I get served FanDuel ads every break on these because they just buy blanket. You yeah. know, are you listening to a podcast in Kentucky? Then whatever podcast it is, we're going to slap our FanDuel ad on it. Well, so I mean, I would that, hope if somebody's like, let's target the dance mom fans. Oh, those okay. people are better. So it's everyone. It's everyone. But so yeah. now ESPN has has the megaphone. Now, despite the cord cutting and all these people telling you that, you know, less and less people are watching ESPN and only watching games now. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But it's going to be in the content now. Is that Isn't different? it already, though? It is. But they're not an ESPN bet. There's that line. It's like, we're talking about it. Go to DraftKings. We're talking about it. Go to FanDuel. And they're paying them to do that. Do they stop taking advertising money, Jess? Do do we see no more DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM ads on um, ESPN and only ESPN bet? They gave us that clarity today, actually. Uh, They have a monopoly on what, you know, what are called integrations where we're going to have, you know, Mina Kimes mm-hmm. and whoever do something in the show about whether they think a bet is good. That's going to be only ESPN bet. Will they wow. be selling ad space? Like just, you know, you want to show your commercial mm-hmm. during Monday night football, they will continue to sell ad yeah. space. They but have you just to, won't see the, within the walls of the programming, you're only going to see ESPN bet. It's really interesting because I I think they're doing that because they don't want to deal with a, with any type of lawsuit in any type type of FTC problem by not taking any more information any more more bets advertising wise. Do you think there will be shows, DraftKings, FanDuel shows that are not ESPN shows per se, but ESPN would consider carrying them because they don't want to have any legal problems without you know basically only taking ESPN bet and having a monopoly on it. I don't think that that's it hasn't come up as a concern that I've heard of. I mean, we have similar types of deals that we've seen in this space before, you know, Bally's, although they're not really leveraging them, you know, technically they have integrations with the Sinclair network of of sites. And so it's like it's not a new idea to, you know, points bet and NBC Universal had something very similar as well that. I don't know if there's monopoly concerns there. I think it's just the pen put a lot of money down to get what they got. But ESPN was probably just like, listen, we're not going to give up valuable commercial space Shouldn't, to yeah. our most likely ad salespeople. We're not going to lose those clients. So, yeah, we're going to keep taking FanDuel and DraftKings money on ads. But you can have within you know the actual programming the monopoly. Last one for me, Jessica. Again, thank you for joining us. How was Florida 
and th- this gaming conference, did you actually go down there and kick a field goal? And what was the <laughs> thing that you learned the most from one of these gaming conferences down there? What, what, what was your takeaway from that? So our group SBC hosts really great events. Uh, I think Matt, you've been to SBC summit, North America in New yep. Jersey. Uh, this was our SB summit, Latino America conference, which was last week in Miami or well, Fort Lauderdale, technically at Seminole hard rock. We, throw a great party. So we rented out hard rock stadium and got to go on the field and do activations. I like tried, I knew I couldn't throw, I knew it couldn't <laughs> jump, but I'm like, I could maybe kick an extra point. I Googled like best, best practices, <laughs> field goal kicking. And I really thought that I would be not terrible. And it got maybe two feet in the air and then just dribbled off. Oh no. It happens. Yeah. Before that you go, speaking of hard rock and speaking of seminal, so, oh yeah, I, this is news too. So I got a DM today from a BVB brigade member who showed me his ticket. He placed a mobile sports bet today mm-hmm. in the state of Florida. They are taking bets today for certain people. They are part, part one is okay. How does this end in Florida? Part two is, does this open up the door for Oklahoma, California, Idaho, the other tribal states that are looking at legalization through a tribe licensing process, essentially. Does that mean that California could go legal, say, in the next couple of years if they change their constitution? I know there's other issues with California, but how big is it that Florida is right now taking bets? Okay, I'll do my best to make this like a three-minute answer, but it's really like a 45-minute answer. We'll have um, you back on. We got the number and email now. We'll have you back on. Okay, shortest version of this. Yes, Florida sports betting kind of soft launched back today with this hard rock bet launch of like people who, when it was briefly online in 2021, were playing. And I think probably like your high-tier VIP rewards members, I think those are kind of the people who are on there right now. This is a good sign that Hard Rock and the Seminole feel decent about their chances, but they kind of have two different court cases to beat. They have the federal Supreme Court of the United States case, which um, we don't even know if they're going to hear it. They're still in the process of West Flagler is the name of the group of basically racetracks and whatever that want to offer sports betting and are challenging this. That one doesn't look so solid. But they also have this state Supreme Court case that's a little more, there's a little more meat to the argument here, which is that, you know, Florida passed this thing called Amendment B, I believe it's called Amendment 8. I'm sorry, 50 states, I can't keep up. Essentially saying you can't do any new gambling without taking it to the voters. And this was kind of circumventing that. And they're going to challenge that at the state level because the, the federal court opinion essentially said, Well, all we can really evaluate is what's being handled federally between what happens on tribal lands and what DeSantis agreed to. And that seems fine. If you don't like the online stuff, you got to go to Florida and challenge it. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But there's more to that than it seems the federal case had. So we're going to see what happens there. They could file for a restraining order in the Florida Supreme Court and try to get Florida hard rock bet offline again. They haven't at this point, but it's still a possibility. As for other states, Florida is just such a unique beast because it's just the Seminoles, right? You know, it's one tribe. You get one tribe to agree to it. I mean, if you're one tribe and you're getting the third most populous state all to yourself, (laughs) you're probably willing to make a fair amount of concessions to Mm -hmm. to get there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
California, we've seen it's not just tribes, it's card rooms, racetracks, the lottery. Everybody wants peace. Not all tribes are aligned in what they want. So you, it's very hard to get just even buy-in on something to bring to voters or bring to a governor. Uh, Oklahoma, the governor there put out plans for sports betting without talking to a single tribe and without talking to the guy who put a bill forth this year. So he kind of went rogue and the Oklahoma group of tribes released a statement like, it's really disappointing that you wouldn't ask us anything about what you think about this. Um, I think Minnesota, of all the states with tribes, is the one that is trending towards uh, resolution the most, just because we've seen some bills kind of put together versions of this. But um, I just don't don't ever read too much into Florida as an indicator of the rest of tribal gaming because it's a monopoly and you just don't have that. It's a very different setup fundamentally than any other state. Mm. That wasn't three minutes, but I, I did my best. It was, two, it was three minutes and 30 seconds. That it was, was great. <laughs> you hit the mark, Jess. Jess, before okay. I let you go, where can folks read your stuff with SBC America? Uh, SBCAmericas.com is the best place to go. Um, follow me on Twitter. I tend to tweet all our big stories. We're also on Twitter, but we don't. You know, I feel like it's so hard to build a Twitter account these days that we aren't as great about it. But yeah. uh, we also we do have a newsletter that Ooh. just sends you every morning what our 10 stories of the day that we've published are. Uh, we publish it. a lot, seven That's to great. 10 stories a day. So I get it. Head over to SBCAmericas.com and hit that and you won't miss anything. Excellent. He froze for a second. Stay with us. He's going to unfreeze oh. and then he's going to get us out. There we go. There we go. Okay, back. you're back. Thank you. Sorry, Frozen. A lot of the shows, a lot of the uh, topics for this show pop from that newsletter. Yes, I'm a very big, thank I'm you. A very, I'm a very big fan of that newsletter. Well, now that I've been on, you do, I mean, not all the time, but like, invite me back. Oh, okay. We'll do it. We know yeah, where to find it. you. I know. Jess, thank you for coming on. We appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks, We'll talk guys. soon, right? All right. right. Thank Jessica you. Wellman yeah. from SBC America joining us here on the Boston Versus of the Book. And just like yesterday, we go from one guest to another guest. Eli's we go, ready? We go right into Eli. <laughs> Eli's <laughs> ready? Eli from Eli, what is up, my friend? How are you? Welcome. Is this his debut appearance on BBB? Yes. yes. Oh, no. We really yes. did not do a good job on that. We should have had you on a long time ago. I know, How but he had you, contractual obligations. He could not appear. E, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? <laughs> what's going on, guys? Pump to talk college hoops or whatever you want to discuss. Well, I mean, we Gotta have to talk about talk college, college hoops. hoops. This is Absolutely. your time. This is well, your, this is, this this is me is your season, E. We're on the same page, Dave. Tell them. Get on go board, ahead. Dave. Go Come ahead. on. Let's go, go Jays. Roll Jays. Tell them. Creighton Blue Jays. We start, <laughs> start today. off. Go ahead. We start the Creighton Blue Jay trek to Phoenix. It starts today in Omaha against Florida A&M, the 35-and-a-half-point favorites tonight. They better take care of business. Why do you like Creighton? Everyone knows why I like Creighton. Why do you like Creighton this year? Yeah, I was a little disappointed because I thought you were – you know, picking them because I had bet them to win the national no. title. And Dave tells no. me you bet them every single season. So Pretty it's much. not it's like team. this is my, I was, this is know, squad. I, I was the pre and post game show host for the Creighton Blue Jays for five years. Ah. And I ran a rival site for seven. So I've been tied to this program for almost two decades. <laughs> so I, I'm very much into the Creighton Blue Jays family, if you will. Yeah, I don't blame you. But this team, if you go back to last season, obviously, you know, this Matt, you make an elite eight, you're seconds away from beating San Diego State, a questionable foul, but I was happy with it because I had a San Diego State future to make the final four. I bet that during the Sweet 16, but 
This team, I think, got a little addition by subtraction. And I was a Ryan Nemard guy going back to the last couple of years. Obviously, the injury, the season-ending wrist injury going back to a couple of years ago hindered Creighton's chances from knocking off Kansas in the second round. But that also gave Trey Alexander an opportunity to play more on ball. So not only do you bring Alexander back, who's really efficient uh, in pick-and-roll situations and can also shoot it pretty efficiently too. We'll see if that spikes a little bit in terms of his three-point efficiency. But you bring in Stephen Ashworth from Utah State, which is a perfect fit in Greg McDermott's floor space in offense. Maybe you lose a little bit defensively with Nemhard on ball, but still Ashworth makes up for that and then some offensively. And then Ryan Kalkbrenner is the pin that drives this team at both ends of the floor. One of the best defensive bigs in college basketball really steers that top 20 adjusted defensive efficiency that Creighton sports over the last couple of years. And I expect that to continue this season. And then if he could space the floor a little bit himself, those are the reports that McDermott is letting him shoot the ball a little bit more. And you think about the loss of Arthur Kaluma, which is another kind of addition by subtraction for me, even though he was a really athletic for not the most consistent three point shooter, you bring in the Virginia four man that was a top 100 recruit can theoretically add a little bit more three-point versatility than Kaluma had. And you also have Mason Miller, Mike Miller's son, one of the best three-point shooters over the last couple of decades, at least spot-up shooters. Uh, Miller can really stretch the floor too. So this is more of your traditional McDermott-style offense. And then you add in what they already brought to the table defensively with Cockrunner back. I think he's actually an underrated Wooden Award candidate. I have Creighton power rated third in the country, and I have them – yeah, yeah, I have them power rated pretty high, and uh, I expect this team to win the conference, to win the Big East, and and really push for a Final Four this year. Wow. Baylor Sh- Dave Baylor Sharman's like twenty nine, like he's really old. Grown man. <laughs> he's a full blown. He's a full grown man. Like he is a full, and he is the heartbeat a lot of ways for that team. And he's got the, the really good rebounder. Really good rebounder, but inconsistent shooter, but but he's a guy who played in the Summit League for South Dakota State and really has stepped up. And now he has a chance to you know, lead this team and do some big things. Told you, Dave, get ready. A lot of Creighton right. basketball talk that coming. Was, that was outstanding. This portion <laughs> of the show brought to you by the Creighton University basketball program. And biggest fans right here. Guys backing them at 30 to 1. That's awesome. Yep. E, you got 35 to 1. I got 30 to 1. Well, this I got 40 to 1. You got 40, 40 to 1. Yeah, Even better. He gets good 30. numbers. Don't worry about 30. it. He knows how to get the different apps and all this other stuff where he's at. <laughs> Eli, tell the people, we got a lot of people new to the show coming in all the time, and they've been following, you know, they enjoy the show, they enjoy the content, but they're learning, like, what to look for and how to bet. Yesterday, you wake up and you open your app or you go into a sports book and there's a 100 games, and you're like, what in the hell is going on? I know from booking it for so many years, it's a nightmare. It's hard. There are betting opportunities, even if you don't know where the schools are. Like, you know, Stony Brook is playing St. John's today. That might be a betting opportunity. It might not. Um, What do you look for early in the season, E, as far as like when you actually dive in and make a play or what are you looking for to make future plays like you did with Creighton? I look for continuity, like with Creighton specifically, a lot of betters are attracted by the big numbers. Like you look at a team like Florida, which I actually bet going back to last year, that was Todd Golden's first year going from a mid-major to a high-major program. And 
they added some new pieces. They have some really highly regarded talent when it comes to the NBA draft, like O'Reilly Kugel. I think he's a top 20 prospect or something like that, a first-round talent for sure. But I look for, again, like you got to have some chemistry still. But that, you know, with that said, I take chemistry, I take continuity and newly infused talent with a grain of salt. And for me, Dave, I'm kind of watching more so. I'm truly just looking at the screen rather than betting per se over the first couple of days, over the first couple of weeks, because college basketball has completely transformed along with college football, with all the transfers we've seen and the new age transfer portal in college basketball specifically. Granted, you have some waivers that weren't necessarily granted by the NCAA. COVID was maybe the exception to the rule going back to last season. Now it's a little bit different, even though some guys tried to tack on another year of eligibility. DeAndre Williams, for instance, actually 27 years old, tried to play another year of college basketball at Memphis. He was not granted that eligibility by the NCAA. But I, I'm really watching over these first couple of weeks and trying to get a sense of, okay, where is the continuity, at least at the beginning of the season, with some of these transfer-led rosters, like a Baylor, for instance. They get mm. none from VCU. They get Ray J. Dennis from Toledo, a two-time transfer, actually, going back to his days at Boise State. They're playing a, a Auburn team that may be a little bit undervalued by the betting market, whether it's in the futures market or just on a game-by-game basis. And maybe the Tigers have a bit of a size advantage with Broom in the front court, but maybe Baylor and this roster clicks a little bit more than I expect initially, considering their backcourt is pretty much freshman-laden and transfer-laden. So I'm really trying to get a sense more than I ever have of the way college basketball rosters are formatted just because my projections may not be as spot on as I would like or they normally are because, again, of the new age transfer format. You mentioned continuity and chemistry, and it was funny because Jay Billis did a video this morning and he talked about the Creighton Blue Jays, but he also talked about the other team that I bet as well, and that's Marquette. You have Shaka Smart. I think this is the most Shaka Smart type of team that he has had maybe since his days at VCU. I don't think Texas ever really fit into what he really wanted to do defensively and be able to play half court and full court and really pressure. I love this Marquette team. I really like Creighton. Obviously, UConn defending champs are going to be in the conversation for the conference as well. But what do you make of Marquette and what they could do this year? See, I'm not a Marquette fan this year. I thought they outperformed expectations and maybe you expect that to carry over and I get it. But losing... Maxon's prosper. I mean, we saw with Michigan State losing their own four man going back to last year, and Joey Hauser played a big role in that loss to James Madison, even if people want to call it a fluke just because MSU shot one of 20 from three yesterday. I don't think it's necessarily an anomaly. I'm not saying they're going to lose to a bunch of opponents in non conference play, but back to Marquette, Maxon's prosper added a ton of length and a ton of versatility for a team that relied last year a lot on ball pressure and forcing takeaways to your point like Shaka Havoc normally does but one of the best on-ball defenders in college basketball even as a four-man he also meant a lot off the ball in uh cutting offense or at least uh an offense under Shaka that relied a lot on off-ball movement so even though you get Kolek back who I think is a first team all-American yes. still one of the better Point guards in college basketball. Igodaro is a really underrated five that could space the floor. There's depth and there's a lot of scoring. This is going to be one of the most efficient offenses in the country. But defensively, for a team that 
was what? Borderline top 40 in adjusted defensive efficiency. And then you lose your best defender and most versatile defender at that. I'm not nearly as high on Marquette as maybe you are and the rest of the betting market is. Well, when you look at the numbers as far as like teams to win it all, in years past, it was like, all right, the Big 12 is the best conference. They're the deepest conference. I mean, the Big East got a couple really good teams in the top five, six, eight choices. I mean, the Big 10 has two really highly rated teams in Michigan State and Purdue. Who's the best conference right now in Hmm. college basketball? It's a great question. I give the slight edge to the Big East, and I know I just kind of downgraded Marquette or at least talked down <laughs> the, the Marquette hype, but it's still a fantastic conference. As Matt alluded to, you have the defending national champion, a team that I was very high on the last two years. I bet UConn two years ago to win it all. I bet them going back to last November at, I think, around 50 or 60 to 1. So, And this is a team that, yes, lost to Dama Sanogo, but you bring back one of the best freshman bigs in the country who's supposed to take a really big step in Donovan Klingon. He's dealing with a bit of a foot issue. I think that had more to do with the minutes restriction than it had more to do with UConn's depth, even though they have a lot of depth. You add in a really good transfer from Rutgers that could space the floor. So Creighton, who I mentioned, Villanova may be a little bit overhyped, but they're definitely going to be better than they were last year, considering all they brought in from the transfer portal. And like I alluded to with the Auburn-Baylor matchup tonight and just betting college basketball at the forefront of the season, I may be a little too low or a little too high on teams just because of the unknown variable of continuity because of all of the transfers that are shifting around in college basketball. But I do still, with that said, think it is the Big East. The Big 12, as you mentioned, Dave, is is I mean, you add in a team like Houston that right. added LJ Cryer and, and they – really upgraded their offense because of the addition of Cryer. And this is still one of the best defenses in college basketball. I think uh, if you can get a 25, 30 to one ticket on Houston, that's not a bad bet. This is probably going to be one of, if not the best offenses that Kelman Sampson has ever had, if not the best offense he's ever had because of the addition of Cryer and how efficient of a three point shooter he is. The big 10 definitely has depth. I'm a little bit concerned of the middle of the pack, even though a team like maybe Wisconsin and Illinois is getting some hype. My other futures bet uh, for context, I bet Maryland, they're my long shot bet to win it all at 80 to one. I like Purdue maybe more than I usually would, but I'm not as high We've got a lot of Indiana people in here, E. They love Purdue. And And they know better. (laughs) <laughs> they love Purdue, well, they're they cautious. Know they're like, they, they're know like they don't even want to get excited you can't. because of their, what happens in March. Is that bad? Yeah, it, rightfully so, because <laughs> Matt Painter has struggled. And when Zach Eady doesn't get a shot in the final, oh. what, eight-plus minutes oh. of, against a 16 seed that lacked a ton of size, I, I'm still very skeptical of Purdue's guard play, even though Braden Smith has gotten a lot of love and the freshman – Turn sophomores are supposed to take a big step. They upgraded at the guard position a little bit. Speaking of transfers with Lance Jones, a Southern Illinois transfer, who if he can raise his efficiency with maybe a little less volume, Purdue's backcourt should be upgraded, especially when you consider depth going back to last year and experience for that matter. But yeah, I'm, I'm high on Maryland. And then you also think about the SEC, which I think is one of the most 
underrated conferences in college basketball, just oh. considering the full body of work. And if Kentucky is Kentucky, which I mean, just based off of the adjustment we saw last night with John Calipari in the second half, yes, it was against New Mexico, but Trey Mitchell at the five changes a lot. And John Calipari should send a thank you note to Bob Huggins. Who, if Bob Huggins isn't gone at West Virginia, I don't think Trey Mitchell is at Kentucky. <laughs> if you guys want to discuss that at like further, be mm. my guest with what happened mm. with Huggins. Eli, two-parter. Uh, the first is we saw it in football. We're seeing it in football right now with the Pac-12. Ye- yesterday, we had Oregon and USC both win here in Las Vegas. The broadcasters keep on talking about how awkward this is, that this is the last year for the Pac-12. And yes, the Pac-12 has been a good football conference, but basketball really has made its heyday with UCLA and everything else that's gone into the history of the Pac-12. How do you feel about the Pac-12 basketball-wise ending? And number two, the chat's telling me your birthday's April the 4th. You and I share a birthday. Is this true? No. Okay. Didn't think so. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. I can't have another four. I would have known this. I was like, how did I would, I think I would have known you birthday. The chat says it's it's not even close. It's it's got to be. Okay. Good. Okay. There we go. That's fine. I want to make sure of that, but how do you feel with the pac 12 going away? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I'm a little disappointed that we're not going to get pac 12 after dark. I know people relate that more to college football than college basketball, but no more Bill Walton late at night. I don't know what, I mean, I guess you still, maybe the Big Ten will abuse him into the Big Ten network. They probably will have to just because of ratings. So it's it's disappointing. I, I mean, I hate all the shifting going on in, in collegiate athletics. Not just, uh, I'm not a big college football better, a big time college football fan, but it's disappointing that we're not going to have, like, I, I don't want to see USC and Illinois become a rivalry or USC, Ohio State. I don't really care for it. And I want to see the Big Ten play mainly Midwest competition. I'm not that interested in finding the travel spots and advantages or negatives with teams going across the country during a given week, although maybe it creates a little bit of a betting edge. So maybe I will be interested interested in it in a year. But right now, I just don't really care for it. But back to, you know, USC is a really interesting team this year because – you add in a five-star freshman, the best pure point guard in from a freshman standpoint uh, in, in Isaiah Collier, and he could really, really explode off the dribble like we saw last night against Kansas State. I didn't bet the game between USC and Kansas State, but I didn't really understand the line. That seemed like you know we were touching on transfers a little bit ago, and I think Kansas State was getting a little too much credit in the market just based off of what we saw last year making that elite eight run with a transfer filled roster and the expectation that K-State, the Wildcats could do it yet again. Uh, They got one of the best mid-major transfers in the portal, but I mean, USC has a ton of length and I know Andy Enfield has underperformed at times, but I mean, he's also, he also got the Trojans and that Evan Mobley team to the elite eight against Gonzaga going back to, Mm -hmm. I think it was during the COVID year. So Mm -hmm. three or four years ago and, with Collier and Boogie Ellis, that is one of the best backcourts in college basketball. Yeah. And like I mentioned, they have a lot of athleticism, not necessarily a Mobley type in the front court in terms of scoring, but really good defensive bigs and shooting all over the floor. So, I, again, I don't care for the Pac-12, uh, Big Ten movement and all the movement across collegiate athletics, even Houston to the Big 12. I kind of like them being uh, in their own little AEC yeah. bubble. But I'm very high on USC just looking at this 
team and, and conference in general this season. So last one for me, we got to talk a little football. How's the NFL betting been? You write a weekly column, you do picks. And are you going to watch one second of Carolina and the bears on Thursday night? Because they, that's another under unders been good. How's your NFL season been going? What do you think about Thursday night? Yeah, it's been it's been a really good. I'm not just saying this to say it. Obviously, you have a lot of X Twitter, whatever Elon Musk wants to call it, touts that you know try to pimp up their record. I don't like. I'm not one of those people. But you ask the question, it is. It's been a really good season. I think I'm up like ten units or so betting the NFL, and I have one bet in so far. It's Washington. I got one of the last six and a halfs on the board. I would still bet a cheap six at Seattle. I think the the market is overvaluing Seattle a little bit, even in a bounce back spot and their home field advantage. I get the way the market thinks about Sam Howell, but it's still his rookie season, but I digress. So it's been a good NFL season. And to answer your second question, Dave, I don't know how I could watch a second of Bears Panthers. If I didn't hate Chicago sports as much as I do, because I used to work in Chicago sports radio, I hate Bears fans with a passion, an absolute <laughs> passion. So I will be hate-watching Bears-Panthers. How about that? That is phenomenal. Eli, give the folks information. Where can they read, watch, hear you? Where can they get your stuff? Yeah, you can read all my NFL write-ups and college basketball write-ups, power ratings, futures guide. I mentioned I have those bets on Creighton in Maryland. You can find the futures column over at thelines.com. I've known you, Matt, for a while. I've known Dave for what seems like a lifetime. I met him for the first time in person and he felt like he was family at that yeah. point. So I love it. good guy. You guys are both good people and hope you guys have a good rest of the show. You too, man. Thank you for coming on. We'll do it again soon. Now they can do the show. We'll bring it back on for sure. Excellent. Hoops. Good stuff. Yes. Man. All right. Eli, thanks, you, man. Thanks. See you, Eli brother. Hertzberg, Stu from the lines.com joining us here on the Bostonian versus the book. Let me do all the accounting things that here. Kid loves college basketball, man. It's he, it's, he is so immersed in it. He's so good at it. We were doing, I was in the risk room and I would do the You Better You Bet stuff with Costos. And then I right. started doing shows with Eli. Right. And I'm like, dude, do you do anything else? Like you, like for six months, he is just so into watching, learning, writing, and, you know, talking about these games and teams. I use them as a resource. Um, I'd be like, he, he, we do the show on Wednesday and we would talk after. And I'm like, should I shade this? Like, seriously, he's like, oh, that side's got to be there. They're going to bet that side, you know, on the late games that nobody was watching. Right. Well, that's the thing about college basketball. The thing about college basketball, D one basketball is over 300 teams too many. And there's so many games in which if you, I got told people this, like when they say, well, if you were me, like, what would I do? How do I break in? What should I I said, go look at America East basketball and do nothing but watch America East basketball. Those numbers oh. are wrong all the time. All the time. UMass Lowell, New Hampshire. Like we're talking about programs that no one is paying attention to, but you can book it in Nevada. You can bet it anywhere that has a legal sports book. There's right. lines on all these different small, small teams. Boston University. These are gyms that literally I've broadcasted out of. They feel like high school gyms, yep. but it's high-level D1 that you can bet on. You literally can go and bet on the books. Can't they're just power rating it. All they're doing is looking at a power rating and going, throw the number up. There's no real information. There's no real like knowledge of what the team's going to do. If you know the rivalries, if you know the coaches, the travel, if you watch and see how the teams are performing, the trends, 
man, you can make some damage. It takes time, but you really, if you specialize, the West Coast Conference is the same thing on the West Coast, same deal, although Gonzaga does change that a bit just given their talent. But that's another conference you can look at. I won a handicapping contest, college basketball, just picking those West Coast Conference games. We had to pick games Wednesday and Thursday for, you know, and then we had to pick so many Saturday games. Right. And the record on Thursday, when nobody was watching these games, I was like, all right, I got to focus on just this stuff. And it was good because, like, the line would be minus two, and I was like, that team's going to win. And it worked out really good that year. Um, I mean, you're the one that told me about the Friday night uh, Ivy League bet for college basketball. Oh, those guys were (laughs) – I learned that. I learned that on the fly in Curacao. I was like, wait, why are we putting these up again? You know, well, we got to see what these guys are going to do. Do we? Because (laughs) they're winning. Like this, this line was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong. And, you know, they play five games. They were going three and two every single time or four and one or five and oh was very rare. They went two and three, and we had to get a, like a late bucket or something right. happened. So, yeah, I think there's a way to, to one, break into this business, and two, learn how the process is done. Do your own numbers. You mm-hmm. don't have to do – the Wednesday board is hard enough in college basketball. The Saturday board is impossible. Especially Saturdays in, in January are well, – How about November, though, when you, when you have college football going on? You have have a full set of college basketball and a full set of college football. Like that's got to be hell. It doesn't happen too often, like in November, you know, and then the games start to wean off in college football and you have all these, the hardest part is, is knowing where all the, all these like exotic tournaments are, you know, you know, the Maui shootout, the the Alaska shootout, but then like they do a four little gamer here or something. Or they do it well, you know, here. The, 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 we, you asked me yesterday, is it one of these games? It was the Hall of Fame games. Hall of Fames are Hall of Fames is, is in Springfield, Massachusetts. They played it in Vegas. It was the NCAA Hall of Fame. That's in Kansas. They played it here in Vegas. I was like, wait, what Hall of Fame? But that's, there's a little eight team tournament, men's and women's, that happened here in Vegas yesterday. My favorite thing about today is going to be the dinner that I had last night with nice. the family at Bavette's. Good, uh, good Chicago place. Steakhouse that's at Park MGM. Yep. But after dinner, there were more people walking around with USC and Kansas State stuff. It was, I mean, it was packed. And Kelsey went to the games earlier in the day, the women's no, games. Nobody was there. LSU lost. Oh, yeah. Partly because of the building. I mean, Oregon won and covered, but there was nobody there. <laughs> It was empty day game in Vegas, a one thirty tip off game between a PAC 12 school and an sec school. It was the empty men's game. The women's game was packed. Was it really? Oh, good for South Carolina. Or Kelsey for, for, for LSU. The game was packed for LSU. Oh, she, got, she got a picture with Shaquille O'Neal. She oh, wow. With, um, she, she showed me her pictures. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, I just was taking pictures. I'm like, you're awesome. Just that's just, just walked yeah. up and said, hi, that's phenomenal. Sure. And then LSU goes down. Yeah, can we take a picture? Yeah, it was awesome. LSU. Shaq is here so much. It's it's a riot because where I get my haircut, his second big chicken location is. Mm-hmm. So Shaq will go get his haircut at the place I get my haircut. So he'll go and get something to eat when he'll go check on his property. And then he'll walk, he'll walk across the street to the place mm-hmm. where I, where I get my haircut. And he'll come in. So they got pictures of him going on, but he's like, he's in Vegas all the time. That guy just, he wants to own a team here badly. 
he wants to own the yeah. NBA team. And I, I think we should give it to him personally. I, I, I know LeBron wants it, but I'm pulling for Shaq. He's more invested in Vegas. I mean, LeBron was there too last night. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. Bronny's playing or well, I mean, not playing on, on the team, on the team. Wasn't playing, but yeah, LeBron, LeBron was there. She got a picture with LeBron too. Kelsey got a picture. Did she really? Yeah, she got a picture. Yeah. Wow. So, she got close LeBron. Whoa. That's Shaq well, I don't know how close she got to him. Cause it was just him, but like, oh, okay. Was, a picture of LeBron in the picture. Oh, okay. Different story. Him. Okay. All right. I, thought, I was like, wow. He was that right there. I mean, she's like, I was in the front row. I was like, oh, okay, good. So I don't know. Very cool. All right. What happened last night? So let's get to football. Oh boy. That offense for the jets leaving a lot to be desired. Chargers beat the jets. Another under comes in here. If you're the jets, can you, can you play with Zach Wilson the rest of the year? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, the pain, that, the pain that you need was expressing was real. And he said, take the chargers. I mean, mm-hmm. he was right. There was a lot of sharp people on the jets was the wrong side from the word go mm. when a punt return did the punt return change like their 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 plan or that was their plan i think the number just got to a point where they were in trouble and they knew they were in trouble and their offensive line terrific this is why i said it in, in august like i you know, we set the number at 10 and i told you about the under for aaron Rodgers' games played so the offensive line is going to get rogers killed the offensive line is getting zach wilson killed he just cannot feel pressure. He can't, for whatever reason, he doesn't know where guys are coming from. They're coming from sitting, everywhere, though. And he's a sitting duck. He is. I mean, it's, it's, he, there's no establishing his back foot at all to then make a read or two. It's like, I'm going back. They're already on me. And then I have to move immediately to get out of the way. Nothing. There's no flow. There's no continuity. He was just using the word continuity. So it's in my head, but like, what was that? They're favored at Vegas this week. They're right. favored on Sunday night. Uh, beyond me, mostly because of the defense. The defense played pretty well. But, like, he's not that big. I mean, Joey Bosa sacked him last night when he was getting pushed back by an offensive tackle. He just reached over and grabbed him and just yanked him to the ground. Took well, And then he took the ball. He had that strip sack. He, he, that too, he not yeah. only he knocked the, the ball right out of his hand as he pushed him like a forearm shiver. Give me that ball. Goes on the ground. Bosa falls on it. Game over. There was never a point in that game once it was, I believe, either 10 to 3 or 17 3. I was like, this is done. They're not yeah. coming back. They may not score. No. I that that final turnover was it. I mean, the only question was when they had that pick returned or fumble returned down to the two yard line, there was like three minutes left. And I was like, man, it, what number did you bet under? Because that was the only question with that last drive. I was like, they can potentially either get a push or go over depending on the, on what the last number is going to be. And they stopped them on the one yard line. So By the way, that wasn't LeBron at the game last night. I don't know who it was. Oh, it was Grand Hill. Thank you. Johnny Parlay just sent me a text. LeBron uh, was not at the game. He was okay, playing I was say, basketball with the Lakers. I was going to say. It was, it was Grant like, Hill. That's okay. who it was. All right. Because I was like, LeBron was there. Like, you was know like, this guy? I'm like, yeah, that's Grant Hill. Okay. Yeah, LeBron was there. In. We go. Because I know because Bronny wasn't Thank playing. You. And I, I know that LeBron wasn't there because Bronny right. wasn't LeBron playing. LeBron was not there. Uh, okay, Mr. Bookmaker, what do you do yeah. with this? Well, primetime unders have gone nine and one over the last 10. They've hit 76% of the time on the year. Yeah. 
They're 22 and seven. Just keep putting them up. Just keep Do we see up. a shade? Lower, lower, and lower. You got 29 for Iowa. You're going to see what? 33? Is that the fear, game? though? Is the fear that the number is going to be so low that the books get buried on over bets from the pros? No. Because the public's going to bet over. So you're worried about the professional money coming in on the over. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I told you this for years. You just book to the wise guys. Right. But my point so is, you got to, you got to keep it. You, you always say the problem is when the wise guys in the pro, over. but you say the wise guys and the pros being on the same side, that's the, that's the problem that you don't want that. So if you go too low, ideally you don't want that. You can essentially have that. And it's you versus the world as the book. Like what number can they put up? Can they put up 34s? I mean, like for this week, like, what do you do? Jets and the Raiders. What, what do you do with that number? Can you put it at 30? Cause that's what it should be. Oh. It should be 30. 35 is where you, the bottom part, like if they bet you under that, then you go, okay, now what do we do? 35 for a pro game is really low. So, I mean, it's 36, 36 and a half. That's a good starting point. I don't know how much lower they're going to bet go. over. They're going to bet under rather. Everyone's going to bet under every there's nobody who's going to bet on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. <laughs> no one is betting over. No, this, is, this narrative is out there so loudly right now. Everyone oh, is. is talking about this. This is, I mean, everyone that I see in our discord channel on the juice discord channel, everyone's like, I'm parlaying Thursday, Sunday, Monday. <laughs> taking the three unders, I'm parlaying them. I'm teasing all of them. I'm taking the totals, teasing them up, taking them all under. Three-leg teasers, three-leg parlays. I mean, people are not even handicapping this. It doesn't matter. Just bet under. Right. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I, I don't know what to do. I haven't seen anything like this that's so out there. Right. Consistently. Part of the problem is, too, it's a standalone game. Like they're all standalone games. The Sunday one, it's, you know, all of the the stuff rolls to the Sunday night game, but the Thursday night game kicks off the week and the Monday night game finishes it off. You grade the Monday night game, you think, all right, we needed the Chargers. That was good. You, then you grade the total and you're like, whoa, all these parlays did carry over to the under. Like what the hell just happened? I don't know. I would go. If it was our book, if we had the BVB book, which we might at some point, at some someday, I don't know the way this is going. We may just get a license somewhere and say, you know, the hell with it. Let's try this. Why not? Um, we would be the lowest in the market. If everyone was at 36, we'd put 35 and say, somebody come bet us on over, please, and, and see what happens. I don't know when it turns. 14 games this weekend, 11 went under. 11 Do you want – to need the over as the book at this point, would you say 70? Let's say 76 percent. 22. I want to need what the 76 percent is. <laughs> you want the I want to need the under. You want the under, right? I want to need the under. So you want to put it as high as possible, which is what you do. No, I want to put I got to put it low so everybody bets over. So I need the under. I would be the lowest in okay. the market. If everybody was 36, we'd be 35. Please come in. Bet the over multiple times. We won't even move it. So back to my question. Why don't you just put it at 30 then and get everyone to bet you over? You can't with the numbers. You can't just be that low. You'll get obliterated with 
bets, and now you'll have a middle. If the market says the number's 36 and you put 30, one, somebody's going to come. I see what you're saying. Okay. You. So then, <laughs> you know, you, you got to be careful if you go that far off, you know. Okay. But two, unless you own the building, mm-hmm. you got to be careful what you put out there because you may be shown the door. Well, why did you put 30 when everyone else was 36 and the game fell 34, you idiot? You're gone. <laughs> you get middled. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you know, I mean, you can't give them all an opportunity. The betting bots, the Ramesses, the parallelograms will go under 36 and over 30. Right, right. And then they'll just hammer you nonstop. And if you're on the winning side of their bets, you know, meaning they win, you get crushed. So it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens on Thursday. I can't wait to see this because the game absolutely sucks. It's there's nothing to do with bet under. I don't even think about like I looked ahead and I was like, all right, we got Carolina, Chicago who are vying for the number one pick. Yeah. And you have New England and the Colts overseas, which is kind of a standalone game. It's not prime time, but it's a standalone game. Right. In Germany. And then you got, (laughs) uh, wow. NFL unders are 84, 51 and one. On yep. the season overall, that's 62%. Tyler just hit me with that. Yeah. What in the hell is going on? Unders are back, baby. Just bet the under. Back. Unders are way, I mean, all the way back. Yeah. Betting overs are yee. Good luck. I mean, again, the numbers are very indicative to being, you know, looking at unders, but it's, it's remarkable. You look at the numbers for the season, you know, so far uh, in week since week, yeah, 82 and 51 for the seasons, 22 and seven prime time, nine and one prime time unders the last 10. <sighs> Sunday night football and Monday night football are 16 and three, no, 17 and three. Sunday night, Monday night, the two most expensive. Purchases by the broadcast networks, 17 and three, last 20 to the under. I think this bothered. <laughs> oh, I there's no debate. It's bothering them. ESPN and, and NBC are not happy with this at all. I can't wait to see what the ratings in the second half because they can see the whole dial as to who's watching when. Right. I guarantee the numbers in the first half are gigantic. Second half, uh-uh. People aren't sticking around to watch this crap. I don't think so. It's boring. <laughs> It's Tyler boring. wants us to put it on a T-shirt. You're right, Tyler. We should put it on a T-shirt. We know what? a guy that could get some T-shirts printed. I, I think we might know a guy. Unders are back. Oh. BVB. Right there. Unders are back. Are they ever? If I see that on a T-shirt and someone else is selling it, just cut me in. Seriously. <laughs> if I see somebody else selling it, it's a good idea. And it's a good saying. I said it. Cut us in. BVB. Everyone. I mean, everyone's going to be on it. They're all going to be on it. Monday night football, by the way, 10 and 10 and one to the under this year. 10 and one. You don't even have to like bet it and forget it is easy. Don't even watch it. Monday night since Monday night since 2021, 52 and 28 to the under. Wait, 52 and 28 since 2001. Oh, I mean, it's dumb. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely stupid. 
where we are right now in, in terms it's just everything is under second half unders have been awesome teams aren't scoring in the second half the, good, the reason why these games aren't going over first half scoring's been okay second half scoring's gone dead defenses are making great adjustments I don't know. Maybe we, well, we can't just stop playing the games on Thursdays, but I still think that's one solution. Get right, everybody playing on Sunday and Monday. Yep. That's one. Two, changed all the rules to help the offenses. Did we not? Why are they not scoring? I mean, we talk about this all the time. I mean, I don't know. You guys are in here watching the show. Put it in the chat. We, we got somebody saying, know. you know, the QB play is terrible. It is. It is terrible. For the most part. Um, I think COVID to me, the reason why, if you ask me why the COVID years have kept college football players in college football, we haven't seen nearly as many quarterbacks come out. They've stayed teams have been these NIL, any of the add on NIL on top of that. I think it's a big deal. We don't have the same number of quarterbacks into the pipeline. I don't know. You watch college games in like <clears throat> Washington, USC, 52-42. Yeah, the quarterbacks in college football are great. There's Alabama, so many LSU, yeah. you know, 42, what was it, 42-28. Like Those are two. Milrow, what? Daniels, NFL quarterbacks, Penix, Williams, it's NFL quarterbacks. Game, though. It is, but still, those talents are in college, not in the league. They're going to be in the league next year, all of them. They're all 32 jobs. Well, that's the problem, right? And the guys who have it right now suck. (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo keeps on getting contracts. Why does that guy keep on getting jobs? (laughs) LL just came in the chat with three words. I love unders. If you do, you're you're having you're having a dream year. An outstanding football season. A dream season. If you like unders right now. Very nice. You are you are cleaning up this year, betting unders. Yes. So the Timberwolves beat the Celtics last night in overtime. We talked about that number yesterday saying B's and C's parlay. I told you it was going down. I did not, I did not like it yesterday. I, this is the game that worried me because Minnesota is for real. This is a team to pay attention. They beat Denver and Boston at home this year. Playing at Minnesota this year is going to be tough. It is. I don't know how well they'll take the show on the road, but you'll see the numbers adjust. I mean, they ain't going to be home dogs too many times. We did a thing yesterday. With the with the Bruins, mm-hmm. they may not be dogs the rest of the month. Literally, we went through it. I don't they think they're be. dogs the rest of the month. Nope, till December. Yeah, um, favorite every game. This is good. Are you good with the NBA being off today? It's an interesting thought, right? Uh, am I good with it? I don't mind it. I I I appreciate what they're saying. It's just that this is not a big election year. 2024 is the big, like, like let's do it next oh. year. Like let's do it next year. <laughs> like right. this year is kind of like, okay, I would love other leagues to do it. I would love to every, you know, if we're going to do it, you do it across the board because it stands out as being odd when there's so many college basketball games, a bunch of NHL games, three college football games and no NBA. Right. It kind of like, there's like a weird flag being flown there that I'm like, I don't know if I would have done this if I was the NBA. I get the idea. I get what they're trying to say, but I would rather have seen some coordination with the other leagues. Tuesday night, the TNT games are usually the it's great. It's the two big, of them normally, yeah. right? It's the prime time. 
big games and stuff. It just felt weird. Like when I looked at the schedule this morning and I was like, wait, there's no NBA. There's no NBA. Okay. Um, there's probably people that are very happy about it because they're not Don't NBA fans oh. and they're not distracted. We've got a lot of hockey guys in here and girls, Patty Lopez. Um, you guys good with the NBA not playing any games today? Yes or no? Put it in the chat right now. It's like a day off for the risk, guys. Tuesday, yeah. no, no games. I mean, you know, we got a full slate tomorrow. So that'll be good. We'll dive right back into it. But uh is it out of sight, out of mind? That's that, like I would agree. Yes, that's what I mean. I think if you're gonna make a thing of it, you need to have coordination. You can't just be the only ones because otherwise it's just like okay, and it doesn't have right. the impact that you think. It doesn't have like the 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 social messaging you're trying to put out there, like go vote. And I'm all in for everyone should vote. I'm in for that. But 2024. <laughs> this see now, this is why I love the chat. All right. I asked the question. Are you yeah. good with the NBA being off today? Yes or no? And JPC to Fourth comes in and says they can take the season off. <laughs> yeah, see, people don't like the NBA. Somebody else came in, Addison said, "What is NBA?" Right. Yeah. See. So fine with me. No, yeah, it's true. Yes. Don't. By care. the way, uh, Bill Self just signed a five-year rolling contract to make him the highest-paid college basketball coach in the country. So, wow. Bill Self discount. Carson Wentz just signed with the Los Angeles Rams. Because that shows you where they are right now. With what the, the Stafford's hurt, hurt, so he's gonna be out for a while. My God! Here is your sports betting content of the day. Give it. To we me. were on this before anyone else, but that's fine. Everyone's that's on this now. That's good. The San Jose Sharks are zero and nine over their last nine on the puck line, and somehow the Flyers are plus one twenty on the puck line today. Mr. Bookmaker, you explain this to me, please, because this is just like yesterday with the Bruins. You just bet this because it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't. Correct. Add plus, add plus money. And just take the flyers on a puck line, right? Yeah, That's what just, you're saying. We'll just move. I mean, who cares if you, if it loses, it loses. You just bet it just because. I mean, like you just can't not bet. Would you this. hesitate? Because not even you're, you're, you're throwing the chips on the craps table after they've hit 17 points in a row and everybody's got this big rack of chips and you're going, I want in on that. Yeah. Give me the pass line. And then boom, seven out sharks win tonight. It's possible. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not, I mean, they're going to win at some point. It's plus plus one eighteen at FanDuel. Plus I got plus plus one twenty last night. It they've lost 10 to two and 10 to one over the last two games. They got to win. That's hard point. They gave up a goal that I thought I was watching air hockey. You know, when you're playing air hockey and someone hits it off the backside and it comes out and it hits right by you and then it hits your paddle and it goes in. That's a very good, uh, that's a good technique to use. I've done that myself. Yes. Okay. So, you know, it's the bank shot. It's the triangle bank shot. Yeah. That's how one of the goals was scored in the last game. We've the goaltender didn't know where the puck was. It hit him on the back of the skate and went in the net. That's a very commonly used uh, strategy when a goalie is a little tall and a little slow to get to the post. We used to do that. We used to do that to Brother Dan. Brother Dan actually had to get real fast at it because he was tall. Okay. But bang it right off his butt. Boom. Brother Dan's right not there. making a half a mil to play sports. Listen, that <laughs> happens. These are professional happens. athletes. I was yeah. laughing my ass off watching the last game. The Penguin game was crazy enough. That was 10 to 1. That was wild. The last game, I'm like, okay, you can't give up 
they can't lose this again like this, can they? Vancouver's good. It's like a slot machine. Vancouver was going one goal, two goals, three goals. This was a beer league hockey. This was like watching UNLV play. This is like watching just, there was no resistance at all. No. As of right now, the San Jose Sharks, somebody asked me this question. I'll ask you this question. How many games do they lose in a row? What's the longest losing streak in NHL history? Put it in the chat. If I you actually guys don't know. know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. I think it's 18. Somewhere in that neighborhood. They could definitely lose 18 games in a row. 18 games. Exactly. You're right. It's right. your team. The Penguins. <laughs> what year? <laughs> 2003 and four. I was not a season ticket holder then. I saw okay. some bad Penguin teams back Sabres in the day. tied it in 2021. Okay. Yeah. So there's your record. 18. There are two streaks that consist entirely of regular season games and streaks made up of playoff games only. The longest losing streak in NHL history in the regular season, 18 games. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Sharks could very well come close to that. I think the worst loss in the history of the NHL is 15 nothing. I'm dead serious. That's on the table this year for the Sharks. Somebody could beat them 15 to nothing or 16 to nothing. They're that I, bad. I, at that point, you just start dumping the puck, just cross the red line and dump the puck. <laughs> like, you so don't need to get more goals. Than your that. final scores are the following 4 1, 2 1, 6 3, 3 1, 5 1, 3 1, 6 0, 3 0, 3 1, 10 1, 10 2. Not good. <laughs> Oh, 10 and one on the season. The avalanche loss was an overtime loss to Colorado in game two. Edmonton, Edmonton is going into San Jose on Thursday. Look out. So here's a scrimmage. I, I told you this. This they're is gonna, gonna they're gonna beat Edmonton. How bad was Edmonton gonna? They're gonna no, okay. Let me you tell me this, okay? If they don't beat Philadelphia tonight, okay. They play Thursday against Edmonton at home. Uh-huh. Vegas here on a back-to-back. On Friday? On Friday. Then they play at Anaheim on Sunday. Then they play Florida at home on Tuesday. Oh, St. Louis at home on Thursday. Mm. At Vancouver. At Seattle. Home for Montreal. That's the game they might win right. on the 24th of November. That would make them o nineteen in one. All right, we'll put it in the chat and we'll keep an eye on it. Did did the Sharks win a game in November? In the entire month? Well, they they'll win one. Did they win more than one? Oh What's my. the over under? I mean, if I said the over under for wins is one and a half, would you bet? I'm going to I'm going to say this. December is worse than November. Listen to this schedule for the Sharks in December. This is like the A's baseball. Okay, it's exactly the A's baseball. That's why everyone wants me to do this puck line fade of the Sharks. Oh, God. I may just do a rollover starting in December. On November, let's start November 30th. Here is the schedule for the San Jose Sharks, November 30th on. Okay. At Boston. Bad. At New Jersey. Probably bad. At the Rangers. Probably bad. At the Islanders. Low scoring team, but probably bad. At the Red Wings. Not good. At Vegas. 
what are they, the whole month or away? Six-game road trip to start the month. That's not good. They're probably not going to win or even cover the puck line on any of those games, but go ahead. Home for Winnipeg. Okay. At Arizona. There we go. No, Arizona's good at home. At Colorado. Nope. Home for the Kings. Nope. Home for Arizona. (laughs) Okay. At Vancouver. Not good. At the Kings. Not good. Home for Edmonton. New Year's Day at Colorado. It's going to be a long month. They may not win a game in December. Forget about November. They may not win a game in December. Oh, my Lord. I mean, how bad? This could get bad, bad. Oh, my. This would get really, really bad. Really, really bad. Wow. Sharks are in deep trouble. Deep. Deep trouble. They're already 0-10-1. We're already an eighth of the way through the season, and they don't have a win yet. Oh, my goodness. On pace for the worst record ever. Not good. In NHL history for the San Jose Sharks. I feel like we're doing the A's thing again. This will be fun. We got to keep feels it feels A's-esque. It, it, it does. It, this, it, is, this is legendary bad stuff. And it's a, in the beginning of the season. I mean, we, we got into the A's in the summer. It was June, I think, when we said we're going to jump against yep. the A's every day. And then they yep. won those four games in a row or yep. whatever. The longest streak that the Sharks could have in that period is two. Right, win they three, could win right. a game and then somehow win another game, but maybe that, right. That, that stretch sounds like there's no that's that's a binary win. Streak. I mean, one. I'm gonna I'm gonna zero. put it down. November 30th, that entire road trip: Boston, Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, Islanders, Red Wings, Vegas. One home game and then Arizona, Colorado. Those games, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of nine on the road from the 30th of November to the 17th of December. They're not winning one game. They might win one game. They're not winning two. The chat's the best. They said after all this, they're going to win tonight against the Flyers. It's very possible. That's pro, that's betting, right? That's pro sport. That's betting. Right? Again, I went into the segment saying everyone is talking about this. This is being talked about so much that, yes, it will not surprise me in the least if the Sharks win this game outright tonight. Prez asked me about this on Wager Talk today. Everyone's talking about this morning. This is the topic in the content space today. This game is, and it being plus 120 is the WTF line of the day. The puck. This, yeah, the puck. Reflective of the money line. You can't make it minus. Why can't you just move the money line then? To make it higher? Because it's the Flyers. I don't know what I'm going to get from the Flyers. It's the Sharks. You can play the the Providence Bruins could be playing in this game and you have a chance. Yes, we whoa. The Providence Bruins could be playing in this game and you have a chance to go ahead and take them on the puck line. I don't know. Are the Providence Bruins good? I don't know. They're not going to lose 10 to 1. 10 1, 10 2. 20 goals given up in two games. That's a month worth of goals for the Boston Bruins. They give up in two games. Well, Bruins got a couple good goalies and play defense. Yeah. And the Sharks have neither. <laughs> I don't understand this. Again, Bruins being dogs last night made no fucking sense. This makes no fucking sense. Non-zip zero. Don't get it. Just bet it because you have to. I bet the Bruins didn't handicap it. I was like, I don't care who plays in net. You give me plus money in the Boston Bruins. 
betting it. You're giving right. me plus money on a puck line where this team is 0-9 and one or 0 and nine over the last nine on the puck line and 0-10 and one overall in the year. Are you kidding me? Bam. Bet it. No, don't even right. argue with it. Just take it and bet it. Like uh, it. Our guy, SoCal DJ, and if you want something else in, and I do like this a lot, I have bet this myself. Since 2001, the over is 33, 8-1, 80.5% of the time in the regular season when the home teams are coming off a road game in Vegas. It's already 2-0 on the year this year. It's Colorado going back home to play the Devils tonight. The Avs got worked at Vegas in their last game. Mm. Mm. This is your Vegas hangover trend. Oh, I see what you did there with the graphic, too. Look at that right there. That looks good. Yes. Hang over. Tread over. Yeah. Over over six and a half. Vegas. Sorry. New Jersey and Colorado. Hold on. Let me click refresh. Six. Painted six. It's down. Oh, I'm shoot. I bet it too early. Should have waited. Yeah. Wow. So if you like that, you can go over six. Love six. I may I may go back and bet it again. I haven't bet it twice. And take six. There you go. Yeah. Six over 20 everywhere. No more six. Uh one six and a half left at DraftKings. Wow. Yep. Love it. There you go. There's your trend. Oh, like New Jersey it. and Colorado. New Jersey's been an over machine. Speaking of over machines, the wild nine and two to overs. Islanders six and four to unders. Right. Five and a half the total. Overs juiced. On is it Fandle? You going under in this one? Uh, I don't who's, know. Who's the goalie? So let me I see. I don't know. It scares me. <laughs> By the way, thank you, CBW. Providence is currently seventh out of eight teams in the Atlantic Division. Still bet them. I still take them over the show. Is that the I? Is that the International Hockey League? I think it's the I. Sounds right. I think International Hockey League? I think so. I think so. No, it's the AHL. It's the American Hockey League. Oh, they're in the AHL. They're in the AHL. AHL. Yeah, it's American Hockey League. Okay. Um, Let's see. What do we got? I got a confirmation. Goal is Sorokin playing? Uh, Islanders, no Varlamov, Flurry. Oh, he's a hit or miss. <laughs> Maybe he over is the play. He really is hit or miss. Uh, I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, he's still showing up, but man, oh man, he can he can give up goals. Uh, he can be fast too. First period uh, over. Oh my, Flurry against Varlamov. Yes, over. Thank you. Taking that. Yes. Wait, let me see. Minnesota. We have five, two, four, three, six. Final. Is now it's painted six. It's up to six. Well, is what's Fandel? Because Fandel's always always off market. Fandel is still. Um, let's see for six four. Da, 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 five and a half minus one forty to the over. Fandel won't go to six. Wow. Okay. They just yeah, won't they do won't. it. All right. They just won't do it. It's a bet. I bet over. Bet over five and a half. There you go. All On right. that, if you have Fandle, it's juicy as hell, but go ahead and do that. A uh, couple of quick college basketball ones for you. Mm-hmm. Auburn's playing Baylor today in San Diego. This opened at minus two. It was picked this morning. I'm not sure what the number is now. Auburn's on this. playing Baylor in San Diego. Why? No, in South Dakota. Oh. <laughs> in South Dakota. Even worse. I mean, at least it's early in the, in the year. Like, it's not frigid there but wow yeah um painted one auburn minus one it flipped wow okay baylor was favored now auburn's favored i like auburn i was gonna bet plus two last night so i didn't do it because i gotta see what auburn's gonna look like but good game eli hinted at auburn 
right? When he was mm-hmm. talking, he was he, he said Auburn's probably to play tonight. Yeah. I took, but he, he's right in this. I am watching this game. I got to, this is, this is a big learn game for me. I got to see right. what's going to happen tonight. Okay. Uh, I have no idea what other than Creighton is now 35 and a half point favorites against Florida A&M. FS1, national TV. Jays it's, get the, eh. which game is? Yeah, it's a national TV game for Creighton tonight. Wow. Six Jeez. o'clock at home. Oh man, it's 36. Yeah. They're going to booze. This is going to be part of the celebration. There's only one play to make in this game, and I made it last night. Creighton Blue Jays team over. total. Creighton Blue, oh, Jays, Creighton team. Blue Jays team total over. Uh huh. 136, 139. What is it? 82 over? and a half. 82 and a half. Creighton Blue Jays over the last 23 seasons in their home opener have averaged 84 and a half points per game. Those are the stats you get when you cover the Creighton Blue Jays for as long as I have. That's a lot of of points. They run, 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 and they put the scrubs in, and those kids don't stop scoring. Right. They just do layup line, layup line, layup line. I think the the Jays have a good shot of hanging 100 on them tonight. Oh, my goodness. This may be 100. (laughs) On national TV, mom and dad watching back at home, the freshmen that will only play in this game and this game only. Florida A&M. Won seven games last year. They lost seven of their uh, 11 players off last year's team. This is a whole new team that won seven games last year, and they open up against the Jays in a rocking drunk environment at the Chai Center. It's 87 now. 87? Woo, baby. Look at that. Dr. Mikey Austin just came in and said in, in, with his wrench, it's 87 now. Look at that thing run. DraftKings 82 and a half last night. 87 and a half for Konowinski. Oh my Lord. I told you they're going to hang a hundred. I might even still bet at 87 and a half. They're going to hang a hundred. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The Jays are going to absolutely kill Florida Atlantic tonight. It's not, I mean, I, I'm not laying 35 points, but just the Jays just on offense is going to be a, a, a team total. It's going to be wow. really, really fun to watch. Um, okay. You've asked for it. You were wondering, you were seeing and waiting. Would we do it? Oh, yes, we are doing it. Otani watches back. Otani watches here. Where or where or where in the world is Shohei Otani going to play next year? I'm so excited you cranked up the uh, the stinger, <laughs> just in case anybody speakers made it through yesterday's show. <laughs> they got blasted out there today. That's always the same. I never changed that. It's always been the same temperature, the same height, I love it. the same same loudness. Um, Buster only has put the L.A. Dodgers firmly into the leader of this. Surprise, surprise! That there's going to be, unfortunately. For those those of us who are hoping for him potentially going to our teams, the Dodgers are infatuated. The Dodgers are invested financially, time, energy, money, everything, all in on landing Shohei Otani this offseason. He's definitely not staying in Anaheim, right? Like I got all the Ducks gear on. He's not Goodbye. staying. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Um, if you were him, where would you want to play? LA's damn easy. All you're doing is making a lot more money and changing uniforms, nothing else. Hmm. You know the market, you know the town, you know where to go, you have your house, you're good. You helicopter to the games? 
I mean, if you want to. I mean, at 405, I, I, I could take years off your life with the travel. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I don't know. I, I, I talked about it with Press too, and, T- and Teddy on Wager Talk. I said the three West Coast teams, Seattle, San Francisco, L.A. Yep, Dodgers. Or the Red Sox. There's legitimate legs that at least there's a discussion. I don't know if it's going to happen. But the Red Sox? Yeah, it's a hundred percent real. It's 100% real. So like people, like somebody said, you guys are just talking about that. Cause you're, you know, the show is called Boston versus, but no, we're talking about it because somebody actually said that they would entertain at least listening. So okay. he's the face of new balance. And then, right. It's all, all you have to do stuff. is it's all you got to do is go. He's the face of the new balance brand. Would new balance incentivize him in some form or fashion to be a part of the Red Sox organization? And then it's one of the New York teams. I Mets. can't believe it would be the Mets, but mm-hmm. not the Yankees. It's the, Mets. it's the Mets. It's the Mets. Not the Yankees. It's the Mets. It's not the Yankees. Mm-mm. No, no. They already Yankee they, they, fans. You're not getting them. Judge. They've already no. That's not you're how not they operate. Getting, yeah, they don't operate that way anymore. Getting, that's the old school Yankees. It's not happening. Hal, it's not his dad. He'd be great in Pittsburgh. Somebody, <laughs> our buddy my, at, at 1992 Pirates did a meme where he has nutting at a press conference, shaking hands, and he put Shohei's face on the player that it was done. And I was like, man, that would be just awesome. But it's never going to happen. Maybe he'll go to the Cubs. Maybe he'll go be be Midwest in the Cubs and, and go there. No, he's not going to Midwest. No, he's not playing. Milwaukee? Not playing in the Midwest. Texas? Not what if Texas had it? No, that's a dream for Texas. It ain't happening. He's playing either in the East Coast or the West Coast in a major market, but most likely he's going to the Dodgers. I I don't I don't think I could. I can't really unless when the Red Sox got Manny Ramirez, it was so out of the left field craziness that it was done in a hotel room, and it was just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And then the next offseason, they got Pedro Martinez. That was great. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, they have the hitting now and Manny, and now you got Pedro. And the Pedro deal was done because of the previous general manager's experience in Montreal. And so you're able to get some, you know, he knew of Pedro and he got Martinez. And that in that would be like Otani going to the Red Sox would have to be like that. Same, same way that they got A-Rod. They thought they had a deal done with A-Rod, but it was done very clandestinely. It was quiet. It was done behind the scenes, no media coverage of it. That's the only way of Shohei. Like it just pops and like Shohei Otani has signed the biggest deal in the history of baseball with the Boston Red Sox. I, there's no, if there's any type of like crackling smoke, I'm hearing the Red Sox not happening. It needs to be a shot in the dark. And then it's like, what the hell just happened? Only way they're getting him. Show goes to a whole nother level. I'm just telling you, right? I would be in love with Otani in Boston. Obviously, it would it would quiet down so much of the criticism that, that oh, towards the Red Sox and ownership oh. and John Henry, if somehow Groot opened the piggy bank, paid. He is. He's. I am Groot. That's what he is. What John Henry is. I don't know if we're ready. If everybody's ready for that. I just don't know if it, if we can handle that. Look at John Henry. Look. Go look at Groot and go. They're the same people. That's the same thing. I don't know if, if John Henry grows back. If you cut him down, but you know that they're, they're the same thing. It would be awesome. I, I, I he would. 
ruin the, the green monster. I mean, his batting average would be insanity if he played at Fenway Park for 82 games. He would smack the ball oh. off of that wall a lot. Be Wade Boggs 2.0, man. Would he hit? And all it'd be, that it would be stuff? Wade Boggs 2.0. How many home runs down the pesky pole would he hit? I mean, it would be ridiculous. It's 295 feet. What if he went to the Padres Sports Avenger? Come on, he's not going to San Diego. They got the manager left to go to San Francisco. Why would you? Why would if if you're going? If you're thinking about joining, like why would you jump on a ship that's already going down? Like what would would be the point of jumping on the Padres? They're an absolute disaster. (laughs) Ownership down that whole. They need a reset. Jake Twizzy said he's a twin. Sure, Minnesota. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a twin of Dan DeVito. It's about that's about how much that goes. See together. Arnold feeding the the donkey yesterday. The donkey? No, he's a pet donkey, and he went on the Manning cast. Apparently, I didn't see it live. <laughs> There's a whole joke there. That's not gonna be. I'm just saying. Oh no, they already made all the jokes about okay. an ass being on TV. And <laughs> okay. All that other stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was saying, so he's an he's an ass man. <laughs> all of it. Put it in the chat. There was a donkey. And Arnold was feeding the donkey, and Peyton and Eli were staring at him like, "What in the hell is happening right now on our television show?" But uh, yeah, That's Minnesota. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, there was an ass on TV yesterday. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's that Manning cast is taking quite the turn. <laughs> Got to keep it fresh, you know. Well, I mean, it's hard because the games are awful. Caca, yeah. they're terrible. They're terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's pretty wild. But I mean, look, this is the story of Major League Baseball for the offseason. No question. This is the question. Do you think baseball wants him to drag it out? Like, what if he knows right now I'm going to L.A. But baseball's like, look, let's just let's. Oh, that's possible. Don't do it in November. Don't do it in December. Let's make the that's announcement yeah, in January great. when it's quiet. Trying to get well, the hot the stove. Winter meeting could actually be the winter meetings again, right? Like announce it there. Yeah. Possible. You know, hold hold out. Give us something to talk about and speculate about and all this other stuff. Because it's it's international. It's not just the U.S. probably putting up odds yes. on where he's going. 100%. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, you know that's going to be in terms of, like, the baseball world – this is content number one. This is a block. This is everyone's question. P. Roll, does he become? Does he become the enemy if, if he, he goes, goes to the Dodgers? Dodgers? Like, no. He, no. No. Is 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 Mookie Betts the enemy? I mean, everyone no, loves Mookie, right. Everyone loves Mookie. You're gonna love Votani. No, he doesn't become the enemy if he go in there. No, everyone understands why he would go there. He's leaving the disaster that is the Anaheim Angels. I mean, hey, Mike Trout, wake up, follow suit, get the hell out of that organization. <laughs> what What if he becomes a Blue Jay, goes international? I mean, yeah, I know. But I, I do think that Otani, wow. that would the, questions, I, the question I have is, okay, the contract starts at $400 million. Is he going to pitch? Does he want to pitch? I think he wants to pitch, but is he going to pitch? Not at least next year. Right. But in two years, in three years, I mean, are you paying him like a hitter or a guy who can pitch? Paying him for everything. Well, then it's 500 million. You're paying him for all the interest and all the 
notoriety, everything you're going to get in addition to the possibility that you're going to win a World Series. But I don't. You're not paying him in 2024 to pitch. Not letting him pitch. There's no chance. Yeah, not letting him. You don't want to have some miraculous comeback like Aaron Rodgers and be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then boom, done, done, done. Right. Can't even hit. Right. Can't right. Even Can't have right. that. No. True. So no, I I agree with you. So we'll watch it. Otani watches back. We'll have it whenever there's news and and rumblings and whatnot. We'll have Otani watch on the program. So it is back yes. here for us for 2023 into the hot stove. You guys are Thanks. live on YouTube and Twitter. Do not move. We have more coming right at you on the other side of this. If you are on Sirius XM or you are on Sports Grid, we'll talk to you tomorrow for a Wednesday edition of the Bostonian versus the Book. So we made mention of this a little bit with our interview with Jess Wellman earlier to start the show, but Florida, I was stunned. I got someone who sent me a DM of an actual ticket placed this morning at Hard Rock Seminole, Mobley in Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Uh, how? Wait, what's going on? <laughs> big deal to you or not a big deal? No, not yet. I mean, it's um, apparently beta, beta testing. So hard rock surprises by restarting on limited basis in Florida. Seminole correct. tribe relaunches online sports betting without fanfare for existing customers. Yep. Yep. So it's not beta testing. It's just, if you well, are a it's customer guys that had accounts, yeah, you already signed up, go ahead and bet. Oh, right. So put money in your account and let's see if this works and it's working. Yeah. I know a couple guys that are down there doing it. Um, I'm doing game time decisions today with Ranieri. He was down there texting me early this morning. This place is going crazy. These people are acting like they've never bet before. Really? Yeah. Like a lot of people were like, oh, we finally got it. It's working. It's this, it's that. And I said, well, you know, right? Like enjoy it when it starts. And then when all of the hiccups happen, beware and I think you got to ease into it. Like I, I but I, I'm the, I'm not the customer. I mm-hmm. people want to go on their phone, make a deposit, make a bet on the game that they're going to watch on TV right now. There were guys yeah, making right. soccer bets because it was on. Right. At 6 a.m. our time. Right. Just because they could. Yeah. That's great. That's that listen. Is it a game changer? There's a lot of people that live in the state of Florida. It's a big state. If they can figure out how to get this to work successfully, yes, it's going to change business plans for for some books. It's going to change. It's going to be a major part. How, of though? Plans. Because no book can operate but the Seminole Tribe. So they're going to try to do whatever they can to get in there. My God, I, it's going to open up. What do you mean? They can't. Uh, skins like and different things, and oh, well, that's that's going to be challenged in court. Yeah, I mean, well, Fandle, Fandle DraftKings that. try to come in and get a skin for a Seminole tribe at Hard Rock. That's going to be <clears throat> look out. I mean, that's they've got six locations in the state, right? Yeah, six properties that they can take sports betting in person and mobily. Yep, they have the whole fucking state to themselves we'll see how that works <laughs> be careful what you wish for it may be they, i hope they're ready for whatever's coming and don't mess it up you know with 
systems going down and all this other stuff. I hope well, that that's going to happen, but it, it, they're, they're going to clean up if they do it right. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They're going to, I mean, <laughs> that's incredible. It's one of the most populous states with incredible amounts of gambling gamblers in the population. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are doing business down there or other businesses and types of yeah. business that would really behoove them to have a sports book to yeah. deposit to and yeah. do stuff with. I'll just leave it at that. It's be true. really interesting. Uh, we'll watch that for sure. Time for better to book it. All right, this one moved dramatically, but these are obviously bets I make overnight. Last night, Creighton team total over 82 and a half. It's now 87 and a half. I guess bet it. <laughs> Even though you can't. <laughs> right. What I bet it at. Right. Like 82 and a half, 87 and a half. You said they're going to run this team out. What is Florida AM's nickname? Does anybody the know? Rattlers. For real. You knew that? I'm impressed. Come on, bro. Why did you know Florida AM's nickname? Because I handicapped them last night. Oh, you looked it up? All right. Yes. I handicapped them. That's good. All right. Over. Yes. Bet it. Puck line, flyers. After our segment and us talking about hockey and all this other stuff, you think I'm going to book this? Hell no. <laughs> Betting. Prince role play. And finally, uh, this number's gone, but I got what? 10 last night. Ball State plus 10 against Northern Illinois. Took them last, last Tuesday. They covered for me as six-point dogs on the road. College football. I'm catching 10 tonight. I'm catching 10 from Ball State tonight. Go Cardinals. Hold on. Let's click the fresh. Numbers gone. All state is nine and a half now. Pain. Oh, it's back up. It was eight and a half before. Okay, it's back up a little bit. Nine and a half. Yeah. Any any nines? No. Hmm. Oh yeah, one Caesars. Okay. Um, I'll book this one because I can't take them all. So, <laughs> Just Friday night, by the way, Wyoming is here playing UNLV. Seven forty-five start. Basketball or football? Football. Right, huge game in the huge game in the Mountain West Conference. Put it on a calendar. I want to get Barry Odom on the show. I'm going to really effort to do that. I really, I'm going to try to get him on. I I answered it on Twitter when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, this morning, so hopefully he saw it. He's on. There's no can we when we Barry. You tell us when you want to come on. You're coming on. Yeah, that would I, be awesome. But he, I think I'm going to go to the game Friday night if anybody wants to go. He's doing some really cool things. Right. Yeah, UNLV now is like, let's go before you buy, talk to me before you buy tickets though, because I get my oh. college, my student my teacher rate. Now we're talking. It's being an employee. Yeah, got so. a guy. Everybody got to have a guy for something. Yeah. So I get, I get, I get guy. your employee discount as being a UNLV employee. I am. Uh, okay, kids feed them all the junk food, let them watch the football game. That'd be fun. Super chat, Chris Covey with both of them today. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Only show out there having these discussions on legal gray areas. You guys deserve more respect for it, not entertaining to some, but it's necessary to educate and shine a light on the industry. Thank you guys for doing it. Thank you. And he said, he had a question for Eli. Sorry, man, I didn't see it. That's my oh. bad. He said, Eli, what do you think of the NCAA limiting? Mid-majors and tournaments now as a result of last year, they want parity and then retaliate when it occurs. You know, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if you can say that they're limiting, but they're definitely going to have their own tournament. It's going to be a power five tournament. We're going to see a 32 team. Wait, maybe you're a six- talking at the end of the season? 
Well, no, what he, what he's talking about is the fact that the conglomeration of the big 10 and the sec and the big 12, you're taking up most of the national powers in college basketball there. Mm. They don't want like Purdue losing as a one seed to a 16 seed. They want to get rid of that. They don't want to do that. They, they don't want to see that anymore where they get knocked out. They want to keep all of their money with them, with their stuff. They don't want to share it anymore with all these little baby conferences. So even though that's the magic of the tournaments, I was just going to say, is that what made the tournament? hundred percent. That's what makes, that's why we watch it. We watch oh, wow. it for David versus Goliath. We watch it for the crazy stories. We watch it for FAU going to the final four, San Diego state going to the national championship game. That's why we watch it. But these money hungry, greedy conference commissioners and presidents don't want to do that anymore. They want it for themselves. So for the next TV deal, when it's $7 billion, they don't want to share it anymore. So it sucks. Yes, it's embarrassing. They don't really want parity, though. That's the thing. They want, and frankly, CBS doesn't want it either. CBS did not like that Final Four last year. They want brand names. They want Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State. Basketball lends itself to one game. Anybody could beat anybody a lot of times. It's not, I mean, they can't control that unless they make their own tournament, I guess. And they're they keep some other ones out. And they're going to. Yes, that's the whole plan that they, well, those five power conferences, now four basically, are going to break away and create their own tournament. And it's not going to be governed by the NCAA. Which power, what, 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 what are the conferences? ACC, Big 12, Big 10, SEC. Wow. Okay. And you're talking about most of the blue bloods. Now the big East probably will get invited because of Villanova and Creighton and UConn and like they'll get invited. So you have a, you could have a five conference in, but the mountain West conference won't be allowed to be in the SWAC won't be allowed to be in it. This, you know, the, um, like the, uh, the, the Ivy league, they'll all be out. They all won't be allowed to in to the tournament. Week, that's weak sauce. I would agree, but that's what I don't like that. That's what they're planning on doing. They're going to create their own, you know, network slash we're going to do the games, sell the tickets to the games, sell the rights to the games, sell the rights to the merchandise. We're doing it all ourselves. We're not sharing it with anybody. Bullshit. It is. Favorite thing about today is what? Last night after finishing sports grid, went down and met Jess, the three girls. And Aunt Mary Jane, Uncle Larry celebrated their 42nd wedding anniversary. Unbelievable. Awesome. Unbelievable. And Aunt Susie was there. We got a big table at this Bavette's Steakhouse place at Park MGM, which I'd never been to, but highly recommend. I know it was a Chicago place, Mm -hmm. but Bavette's is based in Chicago, and they have another meat company, something called something salt. I don't know what it is. Hog salt, I believe it is. Anyhow. Having dinner with family is awesome. You got to experience a little bit of it the night before. A little bit of chaos, but good. Out the dinner, you know, I had a couple glasses of wine, which my Uh-oh. head is a little foggy today. I loved it, though. It was great. Nice Merlot. It was really good. But no drinking no fucking Merlot. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> How do you not know that movie reference? Come on, bro. What is it? What is it? Hold on. What is it? I ain't drinking no fucking Merlot. What movie? 
Sideways. It's an unbelievable movie. <laughs> need to watch. Need to watch it. It's a great flick. The watch. I, oh, it's it's old. Great, it's a great Sideways. Uh, Is it old? Yeah, I mean, I I did a sideways tour when one time when I went up there for, for in the in into to Napa Valley. <clears throat> they have all these different vineyards that say "as seen on the movie Sideways." Oh my god! It's like the definitive movie about about Napa wine tasting and. Well, anyhow, Paul, Paul Giamatti's character is phenomenal. That movie. <laughs> you haven't seen Sideways. Anyway, sorry. Go I got to rewatch it. I know I haven't worth, seen it in a long time. Anyhow, watching. you cherish the times. Like I don't know when we're all going to get together and do something like that again. And right. It was like, it's absurdly expensive. It's it's just, it's, it's a steakhouse on the strip. It's absurd. And it's two weeks before the the, the race and everything mm-hmm. else going on. And a waiter kind of, you know, the, the, it's like, we're not allowed to talk about it, but we may not be here on Friday. You know, all people working like they, they may not be there on Friday. Because they're going to do the strike and all this other stuff. So who is actually part of the culinary union? Is everyone that works in the restaurants and basically anybody who works in service on the strip is part of the culinary union? It sounds like it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the maids. Yeah, I knew that. Like I I knew, though, but I didn't know the waiters and the bartenders. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. it It was just really interesting. And I was just like. You know, I kind of took it in. We took a bunch of pictures and I sent it to the kids and kids are 20 and 18 and nine. And it's just another night out for them. But like I have, I just keep having those moments where it's like, I just want to take it in while I can with the people that I can while we're together when we are. So then, you know, it's, and I was like, this will be my favorite thing about today. When I talk about it on the show tomorrow, just taking the time and, you know, I got a new little sneaky way to get down there that was not oh. under construction, which I'm not saying right now. But if you know the number, you want to DM me, I can tell you how to get from the north end of the strip to the other side of the strip without going anywhere near the strip. And it was great. So that was it. It's interesting, though, because I think when we're growing up, like, say, we're Kylie's age. Like we just think that like family gatherings happen all the time. Like just happens, right? Oh, my family's here. Oh, my family's here. Like you don't ever stop to think like this could be the last time. And as we get to our age, you start to realize that the holidays, those moments with family, you know, random trips where they come in and visit, you don't know what's going to happen in six months. Or a year. You don't know when the next time. That might be the last time they come to Vegas. Or the last time that everyone's together out to dinner like that. And taking that time to stop and go, you don't get this daughter, son, whatever, kids. But I remember my family telling me that. I remember being told, you're going to remember this. Yep. Take this in. Remember this. And I was like, yeah, fuck, shut up. And now... Uh, it finally yep. has come. Yep. I'm finally at the right age. And it really, there is something to that. There's something to age that you need to have some seasoning. As my grandfather used to say, you need some seasoning in life. And once you kind of get that a little bit, you get, you start to see the things a little bit differently than when you did when you were 20 and 30. And yep, you start getting to the point where like you and I are both heading to that area where we're going to have more days behind us than in front of us mm-hmm. 
And when you're into that moment, you're in that spot in your life that now you start to take into appreciation the things you were told when you were a kid. And I think it's important to tell the kids, I tell my daughter, tell your, you, know, you tell your daughters yep. and whatnot, like, just take a second to snapshot this in your brain because you don't know when it's going to happen again. And they don't appreciate it. They don't, it doesn't work. It's in one ear, out the other. It doesn't work right now, but yes, they're going to have that moment at yeah. 45 where they yeah. go, you know, I remember when daddy said this, or I remember when mom said this, or remember dinner at Bavette's? Where we were there, remember that? Right. Like, ding, and it hits. It's like, oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it's 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 cool. And and look, this is where the holidays. I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for Christmas. I'm a sucker for the holidays. I just did you, did you put up stuff yet over there? Nope. I'm, I, I'm fighting the good fight on this. I'm I'm fighting it. Although Christmas music is now uh, Taylor Swift has been replaced with Christmas music now in the car. Okay. So. Whenever we're in the car, it's Christmas music. So, and I'm okay with it because I, 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 I generally she Madeline listens to my Christmas music, which is I've introduced her to it. So, it's, so it's fine. I like it too. But it is that moment of like, okay, like these next two months are special, and every year it's fun. It's fun to be around family. You know, I got a couple of trips lined up to go see family, and like my aunts are getting up there in age, especially my aunt who lives in Connecticut of all people. Mm-hmm. who was like my surrogate parents when I was growing up, you know, they're slowing down and you're starting to see that. And you're like, okay, so I need to be a bit more present, a bit more around. So I can, to- I totally understand the point. And it's, as we head into the holiday season, that to me has been, that's family to me. That's holidays. That's yep. gathering people who get together. So that's, that's very cool. I'm glad you guys had a chance to experience that. Uh, okay. We are back tomorrow on the program, obviously same time as normal for us. Like button, subscribe button. We'll go check out that like from yesterday. I think we got to 100, but I'm not positive. We got and I hope so. Thank you to Jess Wellman and Eli Herkovich for coming on the awesome. program. That was awesome. Eli and Jess were both great. If you haven't you missed any part of the interviews, go back and watch them for sure or go and watch them on our YouTube channel. They'll be up there a little bit later on today. He is Dave. I am Matt. We are back tomorrow for another episode of BBB.